All right, there we go. Welcome, 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 guys. Welcome in. A couple of de- technical difficulties, but we should be ready to rock here in just a second. There it <laughs> is. There we go. Now you can hear both of us. Now we're cooking Wonderful. with butter. All right. What's up, everybody, and welcome into episode 21 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two of the most depleted and sad teams in the NFL. And those would be, there's a great word. Uh, Those would be the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans. I am one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas. And I'm your other host, Sam McFadden, and we are back, back again. Episode 21, here several days before the Super Bowl. It's all coming down to it, Oscar. Yeah, it sure is. And both of our teams, since we last spoke, have made some uh, disappointing hires, maybe. Um, And we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get it. Yeah, yeah. Let's hop into the quick questions, though, and maybe even... Let uh, let Connor answer one of these with us if he wants Ooh, to talk so about. There's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you want to start us off? I actually forgot to make a quick question, so all, all right, well, you, I'll you ask, ask you yours. a quick question, and you okay. will ask me afterwards. My quick question comes down from the the reports that Russell Wilson is wanting quote wanting to see his options in the trade market. Um, okay, and my, and the for the second is, year in a row. Right, right. And the question is, what QBs do you think are actually going to move this offseason? Not the ones that are going to think about it. Which ones do you think actually make the leap to a different team? I think uh, Aaron Rodgers for sure moves. Mm-hmm. I think that that is one that will. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo also for sure moves, though that is really? probably <laughs> – yeah, I mean, the team is already seeking trades. He said that in yeah. their post-game conf- conference. Yeah. I think that he is not on that team next year. Um, whether that's, like, what he wants or what the team wants. Um, I got to imagine Jimmy G wants to play for the 49ers. Yeah, for the sure. The level of success no. that he has experienced and the level of starter that he actually is are very different things. He's been right, lucky yeah. to be on the team that he's on. So Yes. No, that, that is not coming from him. That is just, mm-hmm. I think that he will be on the move. Um, Frankly, you know, I would, what, I would be surprised. I would be surprised. I mean, could we see a could we see Aaron Rodgers as a 49er? No, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Tom Brady in a little bit also, but yeah. could we see Tom Brady as a 49er? I don't know why not. He's from the area. Yeah. He's kind of, he, Tom Brady's going to get whatever he wants. So if he wants to play and he wants to be right. a 49er, that's going to happen. Right. <laughs> um, so those are probably the three names that will be moving or Brady already has moved. He's retired quote unquote from the Buccaneers. Right. Um, but there are a lot of other names. Deshaun Watson, if he is moved, he will like he will be on another team if he is able to. Um, you mentioned Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. 
trying to think anyone else, any other big names that could be switching. I know Rick that there are Kirk, Kirk Cousins might. Yeah. Um, we'll talk yeah. about all the new hires, but the Vikings' new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, came out in full support of Kirk. Not right. that that really means right. much now. I mean, if I'm a head coach, I'm not going to come in and start shitting all over the current <laughs> yeah. quarterback. You guys like suck. Yeah, yeah, but I mean – yeah, there's no, a lot of I, problems we, with that Vikings team, and they might not want to pay Kirk Cousins a bunch of money to, you know, yeah, be okay. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we do this. We do this pretty much every year, uh, talking about all the potential quarterback dominoes, and for the most part, nothing changes. But I think this year might be different, and we say that every year, also. But yeah. Yeah. maybe, maybe. We'll see. I I get. I mean, guaranteed. We'll see one big move. That's guaranteed. Yes. Oh, for sure. Um, Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers. And who knows? Because a lot a lot of teams. We had a like an unprecedented amount of head coaching positions switch this offseason. So with yeah, that is going to bunch. come come with a lot of turnover in the uh, on the rosters of all these teams. Um, that yeah. may not you know it's not always going to mean the. Uh, the quarterback gets straight or anything like that. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jaguar, but you know, are you sure? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah. You'll, you'll witness yeah, the I'm death sure. of a man. If, if Trevor Lawrence gets traded for the <laughs> Jaguars this off season. Okay. It looks like Connor wants to answer. Yeah, so we'll let him, him hop on. on here. Hold on. Here he comes. It's connecting. Uh oh! All right, Connor, say your piece. Unmute yourself first. You got to take yourself off mute, yeah. right? I'm thinking uh, my one contribution to this podcast is going to be throwing this pipe bomb in here. Mitch Trubisky, Mitch Trubisky to the Dolphins. This off, that's going to be the big quarterback move. That's all. Yeah, there Thanks, it is. Boys. There it is. Mitch Trubisky coming out of coming out of the shadows, really. Not much Mitch Trubisky talk this season. It's been really nice. Um, Not enough, in my I opinion. I completely disagree. <laughs> I, I have always been against Mitch Trubisky back when he was on the Bears, back when they made the playoffs, all of it. Uh, and I stand by that. And I think I was right on that one. I think I can go ahead and take the victory lap on that one. Um, that being said, I'm all for him getting another starting position because – Having a quarterback in the league who I know sucks and they actually suck is an incredible thing. I, I, I mean, you guys can, you guys can attest to the fact that there's almost, there's very few things in this world that I enjoy more than being right when it comes to sports things. Um, right. And making correct right. predictions. So having that in the back pocket is a nice thing to have. But thank you for that. Yeah. And- <laughs> thank you for that pipe bomb, Connor. <laughs> And I think, uh, much to Connor's dismay, you will always be right about Mitch Trubisky. I mean, who knows? Maybe he just needs a couple of years. In the right thing. <laughs> put him on. Put him on the. Put him on the Chiefs. Let him work. No. All I'm all I'm saying is he's had a couple a couple of year a year or two years behind the the goat Josh Allen. So who knows now? Yeah, you know, he's a whole right. different player now. I've heard enough of Connor. 
Get demoted. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Bitch. <laughs> uh, Connor was just removed to listener. Mm-hmm. Okay. Refocusing back to the podcast. Yes. I thought of a quick question for you. Hit me with it. Little be- behind the scenes to all our listeners, Sam and I typically drink a beer as we record the podcast. I'm doing it right now. What are you drinking? You know, actually, it's a good time to ask me this because it's a little different today. Most of the time, it is. Okay. You know, I drink a couple of the same beers, and I, and I and I don't pay for anything crazy. And I, but I'm drinking Red Stripe this afternoon. Ooh, Red Stripe, good choice. straight from Jamaica. Um, love me a good Red Stripe. Also, if you, if for the listeners, if you know Red Stripe or you've had it before, I'm a little torn because. The bottles it comes in, and it only comes in bottles, no cans, are, like, tiny. Like, this is 11 fluid ounces. And um, I just wish it was a full-size bottle. So. So, like, one more ounce? You would think that the ounce makes (laughs) no difference, but, you know, when you drink 8 to 12 of them, it starts to add up, okay? Well, yeah, that's a a big beer beer difference. Yeah. Yeah. So, just... You know, open letter to Red Stripe. Expand a little bit. I love it. I am a loser, and I'm just drinking a normal, old-fashioned Miller Lite. I knew it. So. I could have guessed that. Uh, for the listeners who don't know Oscar Bark as well, he is a Miller man. Actually, I'm a Lone Star guy. Yeah. We just happen to have Miller Lite in the fridge. Yeah. Lone Star is, Lone Star is the love. But, I mean... I went to college with you, Oscar. I would be surprised <laughs> if Miller, like, if I had to guess the the beer that was drank the most. Oh, that's yeah. A good Miller's question. a good choice. Is it Miller? Oh yeah. Most of the other sure. choices are disgusting, and we probably shouldn't admit to it. But <laughs> so we'll go with Miller. Miller was probably the, the drink yeah. choice back in the day. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go with Miller. The next back in the day, the next AKA, up is probably Natty Light. One year ago, yeah. One, yeah one, next up was was Natty. Or forties. Okay. Again, refocusing because <laughs> the the Twitter space has got us talking all crazy. Right, 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 right. Jags and Texans we mentioned have made some coaching hires, and I don't think either of us was overwhelmingly happy yeah. with the hire. I mean, the Texans one, at the very least, is the more interesting hire, in my opinion. Yeah, well, the hiring process as a whole was quite interesting. More interesting than we'll that. That's, yeah. However, the hires weren't as bad as they could have been. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, when when you have Urban Meyer for half a season, the the only real direction you can go is up. I, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, we can we can just go ahead and talk about it. We'll talk. About, we can start with the Jags. The Jags hired yeah, Doug it. Peterson, who I've taken. Yeah, I've taken Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champ within the last like five years. So, um, fuck with me, you can't. Um, I've taken to calling <laughs> calling him Dougie Peed. Um, okay, beautiful. I don't know if that's the nickname that's going to stick, um, but that's what I'm running with right now. That's about. I can the, tell you right now that that will stick. That's the that's the most exciting thing I can think of to talk about here. I 
I mean, I was me and Oscar talk about this stuff all the time on and off the pod. But so he knows that I wasn't thrilled with the Doug Peterson signing. In fact, I'm pretty sure he texted me the he knew before I did because I was doing some other stuff at the time. But he texted me and said, "I'm so sorry," or something along those lines. So I don't think either of us were wanting Doug Peterson to be the head coach of the uh, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but like you said, it is not the worst hiring they could have made. Doug Peterson no. did coach a very fun Super Bowl team. Coached Nick Foles to a Super Bowl over Tom Brady, which is a nice accomplishment. I, I will, I will admit. I successfully got myself excited for the Urban Meyer experience. I think, I think it'll be pretty easy to get myself wrap, to wrap my head around, and get myself excited to lure myself into the dangers of liking Doug Peterson. All right, let's see what Wyatt's got to yeah. say before I give my input. All right. Wyatt, he what do you got? should be on now. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Uh, so, I mean, I know you said you haven't uh, made yourself excited yet for the Doug Peterson thing. I just had some input. It's not a question. You have to take into account that he has taken the last year off to learn the modern football game. That's true. <laughs> no, this is a good, this and is a good point. Just like Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and look how that worked point. out. So, Mike McCarthy. <laughs> Mike, the, the stupidest thing about that whole thing is that Mike McCarthy came out and admitted that he was just. He said in a press conference, he was like, "Yeah, I was going to say whatever it took to get the job." Is what he said. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't have to talk about Mike McCarthy too much, but wow. Wow. If he hangs on a couple more years, maybe I can join you as the Cowboys fan in the We Love the Pain podcast. But it, it's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna take a little bit longer. If he successfully. Here's the deal: if Mike McCarthy is still the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys in five years, you will be on this podcast. Oh, I feel like we. Oh, I was about to say I feel like we'd have to at least like make a Super Bowl for that to happen. But Jason Garrett was our coach for like eight years, so I, what do I know? Yup. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, the, the chair is warming for you to join this podcast as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> um, I will say when you have uh, two all pros on your team and like six more pro bowlers, actually three automatically, automatically no. disqualifies you. So wait four, fair, right? Fair. Anger. Yeah. Four, yeah, four. four, four Diggs, Micah, friends. Zach Martin, and the goat Brian Anger. The goat. Yeah. Stupid yeah. ass Texans let him go. I mean, SMH. All right. Yeah. That gets wide down. He's gone. All I'll say is we have the all pros, but five years from now, if he's still the head coach, our our talent levels will be much lower. Guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. Redirecting. <laughs> Dougie Peed. My input on this is that you went from hiring the most inexperienced NFL coach ever to a very experienced head coach who won a Super Bowl. We mentioned the first time, uh, first time Jacksonville has had the Lambeau trophy anywhere, anywhere near it. Fair. Um, the Lombardi trophy. Right. Right. And, uh, 
also hired a very experienced staff. Uh, we can get into that right now. You hired Press Taylor, the brother of Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, as offensive coordinator. And Mike McCoy, former longtime uh, offensive coordinator and one-time head coach as your quarterback's coach. And Jim Bob Cooter, <laughs> former Lions head coach, uh, maybe the best name in football, and very experienced uh, offensive guru as your pass game coordinator. So that's a lot of experience to bring around Trevor Lawrence. And I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'd love it. Experience is great for this team. I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I wanted a man who I would like, I would like a head coach who has some experience in developing quarterback greatness. And you can argue you can argue that Doug Peterson pulled the be- absolute best out of Carson Wentz while he was there before he got hurt. Absolutely did. And Nick Foles. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not excited about it. Okay. It's not the it's not the hiring. I don't. But it's maybe- not the hiring you wanted because and and we talked about some of the options that you had that you were more excited about last week right. or, or on our last podcast. Um, but I think that it's a good, like, foundation to lay for Trevor Lawrence. Certainly. And, again, it's not like we're talking about we're going to be – it's not like we're going to be competing for a Super Bowl in the next year or two. Most likely, if the Jaguars get somewhere where they're competing for a Super Bowl, I predict we will be on the next head coach down the line. <laughs> From Doug Peterson. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably uh, – that's a fair so, statement. You know, who knows? But at first, for right now, you better believe I am fully on the Dougie Peed train. I will Dougie Peed, baby. From now on, now that he's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm the biggest Dougie Peed fan on the planet. I will take no shit from anyone for Dougie Peed. <laughs> Super Bowl champ, Dougie Peed. Super Bowl champ. Soon to be two time. Um, soon to be, I guess. Um, and then one last note on your on your hirings. Uh, it is rumored. I don't know if you all, y'all have made the official hire yet, but that Mike Caldwell will be your defensive coordinator. And he has not been a defensive coordinator before, but he's spent, I think like 15 seasons in the NFL as a defensive assistant. Right. Uh, was with Doug Peterson on the Super Bowl winning roster in Philadelphia. And fun fact they played together for the Eagles back in the nineties. Wow. Okay. So they go way back. Yeah. I like it. So I, 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 I like the hires you made. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I, there's not a single hire in there that I was like upset, upset about, which honestly, when it comes to the Jaguars is a win. Yeah. That's win. all you can ask for. Yeah. All right. Let's move to the Texans. How about the Texans? How'd they do this off season? Uh, <laughs> So the Texans, for the second year in a row, entered a head coaching search with a lot of candidates on their list, a lot of whom a lot of interesting declined candidates. to interview. So the original list, <laughs> a lot of whom declined to interview. And then it got down a little, the, the, the list was whittled down a little bit and... Uh, 
we started hearing names like Heinz Ward and oh. Josh McCown. Josh McCown. I'm genuinely upset that he's not your head coach. I was all yeah, on the if, Josh McCown train. I would I would feel a lot different about recording this podcast right now if that had been the hire we made. And I'm pretty sure that it was only not made because of the public scrutiny that the team was receiving. That sucks. Everyone is already shooting on the Texans. They should have. They have nothing to lose. Just go. They have so much to lose. They got nothing to lose in the public eye. Come on. People do not think very highly of the Texans right now. You're right. You're right. I don't think hiring people don't think highly at all. (laughs) However, Nick Casario has everything to lose because this is his one chance to prove himself as a general manager away from New England. Speaking of Nick Casario, have you seen the picture of Nick Casario where he looks like he has he is like, his eyes are like bugged out. He's in the Oh, coked out. Yeah, he looks out of it. Oh my goodness. His eyes are big in general. He sort of looks like a he looks like a com- sort of like Sid he looks like a chameleon dude. from. Okay, yeah, chameleon's a good good descriptor, but anyway, anyway. speaking to the hire, we ended up promoting from within. Uh, Lovey Smith was our defensive coordinator and associate head coach last year, yeah. and he is now our head coach. And I feel whatever about it. Um, we went into a coaching search where. Cal McNair and Nick Casario said that we were going to find our our version of Mike Tomlin, who would be with the team for 20 years. And instead, we hired another 60-year-old. So, um, I mean, the, the, the obvious question is, why did you guys fire David Coley if the hire... If we were just going to do the same thing. Because, I, I mean, Levis oh, is no, a good man. coach. He's a good coach. Yeah. But it really does seem like this is just the same thing they did with David Coley, where it kind of feels like it's obviously just a stop gag until they like kind of to go through this really shitty time as a team. Um, yeah. And David, Coley um, was good. I like David Coley. David Coley did everything you wanted him to do last season. So I don't, I, don't know. I, I loved David Coley. He did. He, he got everything he could out of the team last yeah. year. What he didn't do though or what he did also do was make some of the worst clock management decisions in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Talk constantly about how he was not a stats guy and how he just did everything by gut. Right. Never watched tape. Right. Um, over and over and over. Sure, not, sure. Not the best. But if anything, that's uh, better for you. You guys want the highest draft picks available. You should pick a guy who does the good things that David Coley did while also losing you games, right? Is that not – am I missing something here? Yeah, yes. Uh, I'm not too worried about this team winning too many games to not – They won too many games this season. With a top 10 pick. Yeah, but realistically – we will end up in the top 10 again next year and also have some pretty serious, hopefully have some pretty serious draft capital right? Um, from the Deshaun Watson trade to be able to move up. That would be nice. If, if we want to. Other hires we made, uh, we promoted Pep Hamilton 
from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator, yeah. which I loved. I loved. Um, he is famously uh, credited with turning Andrew Luck into what he is right. and turning Justin Herbert into what he is right. and turning Davis Mills into what he is. Davis Mills is already um, an all-star and you, or, <laughs> is already a pro bowler and you know it, okay? Uh <laughs> Well, let's not go too far there. That man, but I do love the pep hiring. Um, there's not a quarterback and, in the league with a longer neck than Davis Mills. Okay, that's what I'll say. Okay, okay, that's that's a fair statement. That's a fair statement. That goes a long way. Um, and that you can see that over everything. Yeah, sure can. Just like Brock Osweiler. Oh, don't do not invoke that name on this podcast. <laughs> you of all people should um, be talking about Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Um, our defensive coordinator spot has been announced that it will not be filled. Lovey will call the plays for the defense, which is sort of whatever. Um, that's his strength, obviously. That's what he did last year. Right. I just, I just hope that we've got other guys that are helping him, and <laughs> we should. His son Miles was the linebackers coach last year, right. and I think that he'll be the assistant defensive coordinator this year. Um, my question, similar to yours, but I'm going to flip it. You said, "Why didn't we just carry over David Coley?" Yeah. Why wasn't Lovey Smith just the hire last year? Yeah, I, you know, same idea. He was on the team, yep. Yep. and he's experienced. He was everything bad about David Coley, but righted. Yep. But also was not going to make us win more than we should. I completely agree with that. I And to answer your question, I think the only plausible answer is that the Texans were the ones making the decision. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's not great. And therefore it made, they made the wrong decision. <laughs> Because you're right, it would have made so well, much more sense to uh, to just have one coach be the man. Uh, and, oh, uh, update on Sam McFadden's side of the podcast for everyone listening. Um, I have just cut my finger. So we're, we're, oh, no. <laughs> we're doing, <laughs> in the process of opening a beer, I've cut my finger. Uh, and now we will be doing a blood cast, bloody podcast. Okay. So, uh, so that's where the state of things are. Sam almost did the same thing before we started. I and I even and mentioned yet. <laughs> did you try and open another beer bottle with a knife? Yes. Yes, I did. And before oh, anyone gets go. up in arms, it was a blunt kitchen knife. Okay. That's not how I cut my finger. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Why I deal with this? Let's move on. Um, I think that you cutting your finger mid podcast is a perfect description for the Texans coaching hires of the last two years. <laughs> Moving on, oh, uh, let's. So, so we started with the Texans and Jags updates yeah. instead of leaving that for last yeah. because we figured number one, it's probably all the talking we're going to do about our our team for the podcast. Um, but also there's a lot of uh, exciting stuff that we would like to talk about. Where do you want to start, Sammy? Um, let's get into, I guess, wait, wait, 
I, sorry, I gave you the option. Yeah, go ahead. But should we just should we just do all the other coaches hired? Uh, in yes. the NFL? No, yeah, we should do that. We should go through that. That's a good idea. Okay, so the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett and the Bears hired Matt Everflus. I think both those hires were made before we did the podcast two weeks ago. Just wanted to keep everyone updated. The Saints internally promoted Dennis Allen. He was their defensive coordinator the last couple of years. Um, the Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell. Talked about that a little bit earlier. The Dolphins hired... Mike McDaniel, who was the San Francisco offensive coordinator. The Giants hired Brian Dable, the Bills offensive coordinator. And the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels. So Josh McDaniels, a couple years after walking out on the Colts, after getting their head coaching position, now actually decides to sign with the Raiders. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I remember that, which it's interesting because, you know, he must really like where the Raiders are headed, I guess. Um, and the Colts were pretty promising when he was going to join yeah. them. So I, just, I guess I just don't understand what the difference is. Las um, Vegas? May, yeah, maybe it's Indianapolis. Vegas. Maybe, he had, maybe he thought that Belichick would retire when Brady left, and he wanted to stick around for that, and maybe he doesn't think that anymore. I don't know, but. You know he's been he's been rumored to be leaving for a head coaching position for longer than almost anyone probably. Yeah, it finally happens for the Raiders. I'm upset that they did not keep their keep their pit boss of a of an interim coach, Rick Versace. Yeah. Me too. Uh, I am happy for him though because he is joining the Packers as a special teams coach. Right. Um, but I, Raiders made a mistake. I agree with you. Bring him back. Bring him back to head coaching fam. Come on. <laughs> we need more coaches like that, man. We do. Just actually look like he works for the mob. Um. All right. Now we'll turn it to you. Where else do you want to go? Where? What, okay. What direction I, are we going? I think we should go and talk about our other the other sports headlines happening in uh in the world right now and then we can and then we can talk some super bowl stuff some other nfl things but i think we should hop over to another topic maybe uh maybe bring in some of our listeners on uh and get some opinions on some of the stuff that's been happening around the sports world right now okay um nba trade deadline happened today so that we'll talk about for a little probably quite a while so maybe let's save that for last. Other sporting news. Um, the MLB lockout, we haven't mentioned it yet, which is crazy. It right. just really feels like it's happening kind of behind closed doors. No one really knows what's going on. But it is now in its third month. I, and I want to admit something here. Okay. To all of our listeners and to you, um, <laughs> this MLB lockout has been happening. And... <laughs> To be honest, did you with know? You guys, no, I knew it was happening. I was, okay. I was aware. I was aware. Okay. Um, I don't really. I haven't really cared. Like I the think it's reason... super. I think it's super interesting to see yeah. what happens here. But yeah. the MLB lockout has not affected me in any any way, shape, or form. <laughs> Well, that's fair. I'm not. Neither one of us are huge baseball fans. We've talked about that before. 
Um, but this is huge news. Uh, the lockout is reportedly not anywhere close. Um, some things have been agreed upon. Like I think a universal DH is now right. a thing. Right. Um, but it is important because I think part of it is getting rights for minor leaguers, which has been an ongoing battle for a while. And I think is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm, I, all I'm worried about is like baseball for a while now, it feels like, or at least I think this is how it's been going is football has been taking over footballs when football is on, on those weekends, I feel like football is is the big sport, yeah, right? Now. King, and and right. then basketball is around. Basketball is in, heating up and stuff like that. We're about to hit March with March Madness and all that stuff. I feel like baseball is. I feel like baseball, out of any of those, out of any of those things, is the thing that's trying to hang on. You know what I mean? And the fact that there's not a bigger sense of urgency here from the players and from the league to realize. Hey, we need to get this product out there now. Otherwise, we are going to lose even more, even more watchers. And eventually, baseball is going to be, you know, relegated to the background if 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 they're not careful. I think you're right. I think it already is relegated to the background for these months, especially um, spring training is supposed to start at the end of this month. Yeah. And the season starts, I think, March 31st, the end of not March mention, for sure. Not to mention, um, the, football just expanded another week. Pretty soon, they're going to, that was just a gateway to expanding to 18 games. Yeah. And when you move to 18 games, more than likely, I have to imagine there's going to be a second bye week involved because 18 weeks of straight football right. is a lot. Yeah. Now we're talking about the Super Bowl being moved back. Basically, to the beginning of March, February, yeah, beginning of March. Yeah, so they're losing ground here. They need to just get this product out there. Okay, one of our listeners, Ben, is begging to be let in to say something. So let's let's see what he has to say here. Ben, don't forget to unmute yourself. Oh man, I had a I had a couple things to say there on the on the point about baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta I gotta be honest. I I sympathize with you, Sam. I don't. Uh-huh. It doesn't affect me on a day-to-day basis, but but contract negotiations are super super interesting. I uh, very. I think that. Roids. Uh oh, you're cutting so, out. Like, you got you cutting out. I'm cutting out here. Yeah. Recently, in the news, was that they're not testing for roids since the contract is up for negotiation, and it is a lockout. <laughs> Yes, and Barry Bonds just lost his last chance to missed his last chance to get in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Yes, he did. Right. I think it's uh, I think it's time to to cut that one. I think it's time to let him let him. Let him I would choose. agree with you. I would agree with you on that. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole <laughs> era of baseball that was like defined by these these guys with steroids. Barry Bonds was nutso, and you know. I don't care. Like, if they want to put him in with an asterisk or whatever, I don't care. But he should be – he was a part of the fabric of the game. I mean, you can't – I mean – Yeah, I mean – You should let that guy in the Hall of Fame. A lot of um, Hall of Fame has to do with impact on the game, right? I mean, Barry Bonds brought exactly. it to so many people. Yeah. Right. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I agree. Right? 
I, I agree with your point, Ben, that contract negotiations are, are really interesting. And also, even if you're not a fan of baseball, contract negotiations in any sport affects the rest of the sports and how they how they negotiate and stuff like that. That's absolutely so true. this this huge this huge lockout, every athlete is watching this thing intently to see what because yeah. every league has to go through these negotiations every couple of years with their with their uh, with their player association. And, you know, this is going to have major rippling effects across the entire sports world. So hopefully it gets resolved soon. But, I mean, it really feels like there's no sense of urgency here, which is baffling. Yeah. Uh, just to close things out here, the owners have put out a statement saying that they're planning a counteroffer for this Saturday, which, again, goes to your point. <laughs> Weird timing with the Super Bowl this weekend. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Agreed. But um, I think we can move on because we do have some NBA big moves to talk about. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, so we talked last week or last episode about AM losing the number one recruiting class of all time after uh, Harold Perkins decided to decommit. Well, then we ended right. up signing Shamar Stewart, a D lineman. And we're back to the number one recruiting class of all time with uh, a bevy of five stars, a couple of the top 10 players in the nation. Um, so very exciting. I, As we talk about every week, it doesn't matter until they get on the field, but yeah, I am very excited. It doesn't matter until they get on the field for sure, but you, you have to be excited about AM football. And I think that, I mean, the most interesting thing of all this has been the, the ongoing debate about um, the about the ability to potentially pay players and, and all this stuff, the changes that have happened recently. Um, and there's been a lot of people really upset with, AT, with, not AT, with uh, A&M, A&M, because they're saying that the only reason we're good is because, you know, we have a bunch of money, we're paying our players a bunch of money to come play with us. And that's kind of the way that, that the, uh, the, the college football is headed. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that players are allowed to be paid. That's where I stand on that. Um, but it's also schools interesting were also, that you say that. Schools are already play, paying players. I don't think this has changed anything. Yeah, now it's just legal. Really? Um, but – Jimbo did come out and say that it is utter bullshit that people think that the reason we're signing all these players is NIL deals. Right. Um, which is nice. Again, but, not sure you know, who to believe. If you're, I mean, if you're, but in all fairness, if you're Jimbo, why would you admit and just be like, yeah, we paid a bunch of players, a bunch of money. You know, of course you're going to say you didn't pay anyone. I guarantee all, every one of those five-star recruits is getting paid. Paid well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, fair. It's, you know, I, and it does, I mean, it does kind of suck because schools that don't have the money to be paying these players are obviously going to get worse recruits. But I don't know. I, I just feel like, I feel like schools have already been paying their players and this has already been a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know why it's a, you know, I don't see it as, an, as a huge issue. I agree but with you. And it makes, and it makes AM better. better. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is nice. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, um, other a and news. Yeah. In basketball, uh, we've talked about them a couple times on a couple of pods, and they started off really strong, and they have 
to say the least, they have not played as well as the last couple of weeks. It's seven losses um, in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, so, okay, if you look at it from the grand scheme of things, we were getting ahead of ourselves to begin with. Big time. If you watched any a and basketball last year, we were terrible. Right. Awful. Right. You know, I don't think we were going to jump up <laughs> – into the upper echelon of the SEC, but that like fifteen and one start or whatever we did really got my hopes up. Yeah, I so, thought we were going to make the tournament. I thought we had a good chance to make the tournament at least, yeah. Um, yeah. and that's not happening anymore. I do want to say, and this will maybe move us into our next topic. Sorry, Jackson, I do see your request, but we are we're looking like we're going to run out of time before we can get to some of these topics. So <laughs> this podcast may have cursed both the Spurs and Anna basketball, because as soon as we talked about how <laughs> good they were looking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have both lost a lot. Um, so maybe we should stop talking about our favorite teams. The Spurs are still in the, in, you know, playing contention. But you know, we're we're now in lottery odds. I would rather yeah. them just lose some games and let's see what we can do in the lottery. You know, yeah, have some players so, to get excited about. Right, um, right, and and we made some a lot of deals today, and then that may shift us into our next uh, topic. Yeah, let's but let's let's, let's move. I on to that. I think you're right, and in basketball, I'm not very excited that we're losing. Spurs no. were keeping things competitive and still losing, which, as we've talked over the last couple of episodes, is maybe the best thing. Yeah. So, yeah, let's move on. Uh, NBA trade deadline happened today. Uh, big, ended big at time. 2 p.m. Central. And there were some big moves. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you talk first. Which was your favorite trade? <sighs> favorite trade? Okay, first of all, I want to talk about it. I want to start off by talking about a trade that did not happen that I would have been excited for, okay? Okay. Just really quickly, I want to get this out of the way. Uh, yeah. There was reports, there was a lot of reports that we that the Spurs were getting a lot of calls about Jacob Pirtle, which makes sense because Pirtle's been playing really well, fantastic defensively. Like, it just makes sense. There's teams that need center, that, that, that need him. Great. Um, Love that man. Don't want to see him go. But there were reports about a trade between us and the Hornets um, where it would have been Pirtle for P.J. Washington and a first-round pick, basically. And the Kai that, Jones. That was like, who yeah. Was a, who was a lottery pick this year. Right. Um, and I would have been very excited if that had happened. I really wish it happened because I think P.J. Washington's a really good basketball player. Um, and we need – and the more picks, the better, honestly. Um and it, yeah, I think I, the only protections on the pick was like a top four pick. So um, even if the Hornets had a worse season or something like that, could have been a good pick. I agree. I would have been excited, but I'm also glad we kept him because he is maybe the most underrated center in the league. Um, very underpaid. One of the best defensive centers in the league is can be a building block for this team. He's still very young. He and DeJounte were drafted in the same draft. Um, but you're right. If 
we would have added a fourth first round pick for next year in that deal and gotten PJ Washington and gotten Kai Jones. So that would have been exciting and we would have probably lost more. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, that's yeah, that's a good trade to start with. That's unfortunate. Um I I think we should before you continue, yeah. Jackson oh, uh, has He's texted been to get in for a while. Well, I know what he wants to talk about, so we'll just cover it really fast and then keep on the trade deadline. Uh, Arkansas did he, – he's an Arkansas grad. He's been on the podcast before. Did beat the number one team in the con- country in Auburn this week, which was very exciting, very happy for him. Uh, I would like to mention that we beat you earlier this season. So yep. take that. Um, I would also like to mention um, in the same chat where he sent us the message trying to get us to talk about this, I want to reiterate the message sent by Connor, which is Arkansas sucks. Nice. <laughs> and we can, we can, we can move on. Congratulations to you. It's super big time. Arkansas sports has gotten way better, but uh, Arkansas sucks. Anyway, um, I think back to the trade deadline. Keep, yeah, favorite favorite deal. Oh, man, I feel like I feel like we have to talk about the biggest deal. Yeah, which was yeah, the Sixers that. and Nets trade. Um, the Sixers sent Ben Simmons, who hasn't played this year, Steph Curry, and two first round picks to the Nets for James Harden. Uh, I think like Andre Drummond and. Paul Millsap were also involved in the deal, but yep. those were the big, those were the big names. Um, and wow, Harden got his way. Simmons got his way. Uh, that tends to be the case. In they both got to be basketball. Happy both um, have to be. Um, I, you know, it sucks that Philly had to give up Seth Curry. Um, yeah. I love that guy. Really hate that. But Listen, I, I am not a big James Harden guy, and I really don't like the way how he's kind of forced his way out of two spots in a row now, especially Brooklyn, who still had a chance to be really good. Um, but I I really like Joel Embiid, and I, I really do hope that, that he finally has, you know, a good team around him, a good enough team around him to get to the finals because he is playing his ass off this season. And he yeah. deserves some help on that team. He does, and Ben Simmons was never going to play for them again. So yeah. I'm glad that they got they they got their return that Daryl Morey always wanted. Um, and all it took was Kyrie Irving refusing to get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, and reports came out now after the trade deadline that Kyrie Irving was really hoping that Harden got traded. So, really? Uh, yeah, wow. I saw. I saw that. Um, so Man, maybe things are not going super KD. well. Yeah, KD I mean, had his two boys. He had he had Kyrie, who apparently is really close with, and Harden, who now he's played for in like six or seven years out of his career. Yeah, um, and they just did not work out together. I guess yeah. the second yeah. biggest trade of the deadline, which we should probably also, in my opinion, the second biggest. Uh, which we should also talk about, and then we can go into all our Spurs deals, was the Mavericks flipping Kristaps Porzingis and a second-round pick for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, formerly of the Spurs. And I think that that was mostly just a salary dump. We should, uh, we should bring Wyatt in. He just requested. 
Yeah. Um, All right, hold on. I'll I'll bring him in. Um, I think this is a little confusing. I'll say that. What? What do you have to say? Still connecting, but uh, he, I speaking from experience because he texted me all day about it, talked himself into it throughout the day, and I think he's got a good point. Oh, he's just disconnected. Okay, he's talked himself into it. Yeah, Kristaps um, um, might be. Oh, there he is. I'll run him back in again. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Might be one of the worst contracts. Sorry. There it is. Yeah, my chat is like way behind. And then when I request, it jumps like 20 seconds into the future. So I don't know what you've talked about since I requested. Just let's start from the beginning. Yeah. How do you feel? Let us, let us, let us know. What do you, what do you think? Uh, Initial reaction was poor. Um, I did briefly hear Oscar say I've talked myself into it. I've talked to myself into the positive aspects that I can get out of it. I wouldn't say I'm still completely in support of the trade, but at the end of the day, right. when you have someone who's getting paid next year, like 33 and the year after that, 36 million, if he's only playing half the season, I mean, that's a sunk cost. You're, you're not going to get a great return. Uh, a lot of Mavs fans are freaking out. Like we could have gotten Pascal Siakam or something, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. We were not going to get good tr- contracts in return. We weren't going to get young, promising players. We got two guys that are having bad seasons and are overpaid, but you never know. Playing with a player like Luca, they might be able to maybe return to somewhat close to the form they had in past years. And worst case, if they don't, uh, these two contracts being split up into this money that would be combined is about what Porzingis would be getting paid provides just – an infinite amount more flexibility in the off season. So yeah, I, a lot easier to move. I, 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 I rate the deal like a five out of 10. Like it's not as bad as everyone says it is. It's not great. But I mean, at the end of the day, when, like I said, when you have a contract like Porzingis, you're never going to have a good trade out of that. So I think people stop freaking out. We're going to be okay. We still have Luka Doncic. So what I'll say is, Spencer Dinwiddie has had exciting times. He's a good basketball player. He's playing worse this season, so hopefully he does get better. And Davis Bertans, if he can shoot like he did with the Spurs. Yeah. But as he's played with the Wizards, I think Davis Bertans is one of the worst contracts in the NBA. Oh, for sure. Although, for sure. infinitely more movable than Chris Davis. Yeah, exactly. But he's getting paid $16 million a year, and he is not playing no, well no. a little bit. No, but so, Like I said, if, there, if there's one type of player that uh, a pure shooter like him can thrive with, it's someone like Luca. So I have to remain Agreed. helpful for that. Um, and I I applaud the Mavs for doing something. Yes, me too. I'm glad we had the balls. They've been pretty just... stagnant for a, for a while now. Yeah, they need Luca. He's incredible. He's a top five player in the NBA, probably. And when you got a guy like that, you have to be making yourself better, yeah. or at least trying. You, you have to maximize your ceiling. You can't be concerned about your floor. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm just glad because. Exactly. Usually the Mavs, they make all these bad decisions, and then we just keep sticking with it, keep sticking with it. I'm glad we finally yep. – uh, trading Porzingis, essentially, we admitted we were wrong. 
right. and that's and a good gotta, that's a good I thing. Imagine, I have to imagine that they that they that Luca was at least a part of this conversation. I yeah, they would no, do for a sure. move like this without saying anything to him. So you know, yeah, that's what I said. The to best, Oscar. the biggest move is keep Luca happy, whatever that takes. Yep. So any any form that takes is a good thing. Yep. To We'll see. All right, let's see what Jackson has to say about yeah, let him in here. the trade because he was he is also a Mavs fan. Mm-hmm. And Wyatt, I'm going to send you back to the listeners just for now. Speaking of front offices staying stagnant, we'll uh, talk about the Spurs moves today because that is uh, they they broke their streak. Yeah, which is interesting. Anyway, Jackson, welcome in. He is still connecting, so we might have the same issue that we had with Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, we'll let him sort that out. And if he wants to come back and talk about Chris stops, we can always come back. Uh, let's talk Spurs. about the, this, this before we get into Spurs. Let's talk about the actual biggest trade of the deadline. Okay, the bull bull trade. God damn it. Well, yeah, the Dozier got traded for one future second round pick. Um, uh, they they also were attached to a second round pick, so I don't think that it was even. So I guess the Celtics just didn't want them on the team anymore. It was a salary um, dump. They were over the tax and wanted yeah. to get under. Um, so, but I will say because of that trade, the Magic's uh, Twitter account tweeted. Welcome to the team cash considerations. And I think that's awesome when teams do that. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Spurs oh, biggest that. trade. So, yeah. like I said, we've, we've had one of the most stagnant front offices in the league uh, for like 20 years. And I'd say it worked out <laughs> with five championships to speak for it. Yeah. But we finally made some big moves at the trade deadline. Um. I'd say the biggest was shipping Derek White to Boston. Had to say goodbye to our second longest tenured Spur, I believe. Oh boy, I'm sad about this one. I'm sad about this one. I was I sad love too. I love Derek. He was maybe the one of the best, if not the best, uh, showings of the Spurs' talent development. Um, he was the 30th pick out of Colorado, uh, classic, nobody believed in me case. Mm-hmm. Also, everyone can forget about it if they want, but the games that he played, I think it was two years ago in the playoffs against the Denver Nuggets and that series where we almost won, I believe we took him to seven games and we played our heart out in that game. We, we almost beat him in that series. It was on the back of Derek White. He played out of his mind that entire series. An incredible two-way. I think he scored like 30-plus points in a couple games. Yeah. As always, is a great wing defender. And I will love Um, him for that. I will. Uh, But I will admit it was probably time to cut ties. And for us to be able to get a first-round pick this year out of it um, is pretty cool, along with Josh Richardson, who is probably not on the team next year, and Romeo Langford, who's sort of like a buy low guy, maybe a former I mean, a lottery first round pick. pick. Two years ago, so, yeah, a lottery pick. You know, there's 
there's upside to be had there, I guess. Um, just to you know, put him in the G League or something, see if he pans out. Also, um, see, if, Derek, see if the Spurs can can coach him up. Derek um, is 28. Is probably not in the Spurs timeline for when we want to eventually hope to contend again. And this is a organization that always drafts the best player available in their eyes. And that happened to be like four guards in a row. Right. And that meant that someone was going to have to move at some point. And yeah, it happened I mean, to be Derek. Yeah, we got DeJounte, we got Lonnie Walker, we got we got all Devin sorts Vassell, of guys. Devin Vassell, Primo, now Trey we got Jones. Josh Richardson. <laughs> so I, there was a there was a lot jam there for sure. And yeah. you know, I the first round pick is only protected one through four. And I was looking at the look, this is me talking myself and it's better than it is. I'll admit that. But there's a very feasible there's a there's a world in which the the Nets could hop back over the Celtics, the Hornets could not could hop over the Celtics. I think the Hawks could figure out a way. The Celtics are not playing that great this season. Yeah, but and, I think Derek White's the player that they need, a guy that can distribute for them. Um, was never a very high assist guy on the Spurs just because DeJounte Murray was on the team but uh, can definitely run their offense for them which is a guy that they needed and also play great defense from the wing Um, I hope he gets more love because he is a a underappreciated player in the the league in general which is a very common common occurrence for the Spurs Um, but now he's in a big market He's on yeah. the Celtics. And if yeah. they start playing well, he's going to get a lot of credit. So, and you know, I'm not – I don't get me wrong. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. But Yeah, we would, we would like to be – we would like them to be as bad as possible because no matter what, they're not going to end up with a top four pick. And right. uh, if they're bad, we get a higher draft pick. But yeah. between that trade and the other big trade, I don't think we – we need to get into the small ones where we like flipped Wancho for uh, Thomas Satoransky yeah, in the important. second round. Pick. That that stuff we don't need to get into. But our other semi big deal today was trading Thad Young and Drew Eubanks and Detroit's second round pick this year, which is basically a late first. It'll it'll be like the thirty first or thirty second pick in the draft for. Goran Dragic basically his contract because it's been reported that we're going to let him go, yeah. buy him out. Uh, and Toronto's first round pick, as long as it doesn't end up in the lottery, which it looks like it probably won't. Um, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. And I'm, and, and if it does end up in the lottery, then we get their pick next year. Um, so I'm excited. If we, end up with their pick and then we also have the Celtics pick and our pick which is going to be getting worse and worse most yep. likely or better and better I guess I should say as our as our record gets worse and worse we're we've got three first rounders and if we don't get good lottery odds if we if we don't get the luck of the uh, ping pong balls we could always use those picks to trade up because I think now we are in serious contention for drafting one of the big three at the top of the draft. Yeah. And that'd be super cool. That'd be 
very, very, it's the most exciting thing to happen in San Antonio since the Kawhi trade, I guess. Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is nice. It's time for a little excitement in San Antonio. Hopefully we, we get a guy who is okay being in San Antonio. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's always the question. Yep. And uh, it looks like now we're going to build around DeJounte, our young core, maybe Jakob Pertl. He's under contract next year also. And I do think he fits our timeline. And then uh, one of those – high rookie draft picks next year, which I'm excited about. I'm Do you have anything um, else to say about the deadline? About I the Spurs? mean, not really. Those are the kind of the big trades. The Spurs we talked about, you know, there was that big, like, five-team trade or four-team trade that happened. And the only thing of note in that trade for me is that Marvin Bagley, what a uh, – quite the bust – the, the pick I, before Luka Doncic. And I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure I remember, and everyone was thinking the same thing probably at the time, I'm sure. But I'm pretty sure I remember one White Caldwell. I feel like I had a conversation with him where he was like, dream scenario, we get Marvin Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm pretty sure my response was, yes, that would be awesome. So, you know, Well, he was awesome at Duke. Oh, he was so good. And he uh, has not been awesome in the NBA. And I think Wyatt was probably thinking that the Mavs had the fifth pick and Luka would not fall to five. I think that that is probably the rationale there. We're bringing Wyatt back in. To be fair, he's been a king his entire career. So, Yeah, but now he's a piston. Yeah, which is not better. (laughs) Not better, but... I just want to defend myself for one second. Uh, my dream scenarios were Mo Bamba and Marvin Bagley because uh, we had the fifth pick, and I had I, I did just defend you there, huh? I did just I, defend you. I said that. It's, that. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm like again, pick. I'm like 20 seconds behind. So when I request, it jumps forward every time. I don't know why it does that. And then when I leave, I can hear the last few words I said. I don't know. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Um, I did not anticipate us trading <laughs> up into the top three. So screw you, Sam. I don't care. You said that. Yeah, no, I know. No, the it. one I remember more was Mo Bamba. I wanted Mo Bamba. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then we, there, we, there were videos coming out back then of him shooting three pointers and stuff yeah. like that in training. And and like, then we drafted Trey. And initially I was like, okay, maybe this could work or this could go really poorly. And then, like, about 30 seconds after we drafted him, we already knew that we were going to trade him for Luca, And then I got really excited because I just immediately talked myself right. into him and I never looked back. And it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. stay engaged with Luka Doncic. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, it is. All right. Get Wyatt out of here. Get me out of here. <laughs> um, all right. Now I think we should, fin- we should go ahead and move on to the last kind of thing we're going to be talking about. Um, and we should talk a little bit about the Super Bowl think oscar yeah should we should we mention the brian flores lawsuit oh yeah we should talk about the brian flores lawsuit and the uh the other thing too (laughs) just to get a laugh so not not to laugh about brian flores um is suing the nfl along with a couple of teams for discrimination in the hiring process and i hope that he wins because the nfl has notoriously discriminated against minority coaches 
Um, historically, I mean, there's only two, now three black coaches, uh, black head coaches. Um, and if the things he said are true, which I believe, and includes a recounting uh, from Bill Belichick, which is a good person to have on your side. Um, I cannot see the NFL winning this suit and maybe it just gets settled out of court, but uh, very important topic that will happen to the NFL over the course of the next couple months. So the troubling thing here is that if Brian Flores wins this lawsuit, what is our path to change here? Because the, the, the issue boils down to the people making these decisions, which is the right. owners. And the They're owners all white. are a bunch of old white men. And um, the owners of, in, in a lot of cases, we've seen this in so many sports, so many situations where some of these owners are really racist or bigoted against certain, against certain people. And at the, like they can enact rules all they want. They have the Rooney rule enacted, which could be argued to might I don't know, might not be, work in its favor. Right, right. The Rooney rule, where you have to interview someone of some some minority head coaching candidates in there, but that's not going to change how these owners think and how, what and the decisions that they make. If they if they are racist or bigoted or something like that, they're not going to change. Um, yeah, unless there are real, very real repercussions, which I mean, we can, t- it's a much, much bigger world issue here. And how do you, how do you actually give repercussions to someone who's a billionaire? Um, unless there are very real repercussions, I just don't see a real path to change here. Um, which is really, really troubling. Like, I don't know what kind of rules you could put into place. You, and you can't, you can't make a rule that says, one team has to hire a minority head coach. Like it's simply yeah. the only the yeah. only way this it's, thing gets fixed in the hard... long run is, is if you change the minds of a bunch of old men who have you know a lot of spent their entire lives. outdated opinions. Yeah, exactly. So it's you know it's a very yeah. difficult thing to even like consider change. Like I just don't know what, what the path forward is here. Which yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard topic. Um, I I did think that it was important to bring it up, and yeah. we'll see we'll see we will see ripple effects across the NFL as this plays out. Right. Um, I, just, I mean, I'll, like yeah, I I just I feel I feel for Brian Flores because I have to imagine it is couldn't there's could be a more insulting situation than. Than the the shit that they he got put through in the, in the last couple coaching cycles, where basically he was given zero respect, even though he's been a good head coach and he's he's done the things necessary. I feel like to be a head coach in this league, um, and to see him just kind of tossed aside is really, is really troubling. Like I said, it's it's awful. Yeah, and between this lawsuit and the investigation that's going on with. Now, oh, we we haven't talked about the new Washington football team name. They chose the Commanders. Oh my goodness! So, Should between, have stayed the football team. I agree. We 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 made that case plenty of times. But between this lawsuit, Flores' lawsuit, and the investigation that uh, the Commanders owner Daniel Snyder is going under, uh, 
I do not envy Roger Goodell for his job. However, I think that he is going to be put under the magnifying glass and a lot of things could come out. Um, the way that this thing is set up, though, with the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder, he has to sign off on it for that investigation to become public, Crazy. which is ridiculous. And we can talk about it. We can point the blame at Roger Goodell. Sure. But who who is Roger Goodell's boss? Dan Snyder. It's the owners. It's the owners. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's only so much that Roger Goodell can do Yeah. when he's directly working for these guys. If he did some, if he was going off on his own doing things that they didn't want him to do, he'd be fired. So, right. you know, it's not the, the blame on this stuff inevitably and right, de- deservedly so, in my opinion, falls up to the owners. Yeah. Every time. Always and does. And if there's owners in the league that aren't, that aren't, you know, bigoted like these, like some of these people are, that aren't, aren't, shouldn't be lumped in with them, they're, guilty at the very least of not trying to not trying hard enough to change right the rest of them you know not putting them a fight for the rest of the league so i don't you know we don't even have to keep we don't have to keep going on like this it's not like we're gonna figure this thing out but yeah, a lot of stuff is discussing that's going on right now yeah so let's move on to, yeah. the, to the last bit of nfl news that we have a little bit of a different note um, Jonathan Allen, commander's defensive tackle, was recently on Twitter, and he did a basically like an "ask me anything" sort of situation on Twitter. Someone responded to him and was like, "If you could go to the classic question, if you could go to dinner with any three people, who would it be?" And his response was, "My granddad, Hitler, and Michael Jackson." <laughs> and of course. Of course, the first response to this was, okay, two of those are like, fine. They make enough sense. Whatever. Michael Jackson, your grandfather, great. But please explain the Hitler one. Uh, just get, honestly, giving him a chance to like, you know, say something. Either back like, out. Either back out of his and, opinion and, or be yeah. like, I don't know. Kill him. And then, but his response was, it was you know, and I'm paraphrasing here uh, is like something like Hitler was a military genius and I want to see why he did the things that he did which is the wrong response all of it is the wrong response you shouldn't feel like you should have some awareness and not say that there's other military geniuses in history that you could choose from without picking a man that for obvious reasons you know he should not be on that list um and you know he already came out and has apologized for this, so he knows what, he realized what he did was wrong. But the level of awareness on Jonathan Allen for this is extremely low. Very. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. If you're a famous person or, or, a, or a, a some sort of famous athlete, I just feel like it's one of this. It's a simple rule to make it for yourself. Don't even bring Hitler up ever. <laughs> I feel like it should be the rule. It should be like rule number one. Yeah, so, uh, it's up there for sure. Um, I think I think you just should know, like, not to and I, embarrass I think, yourself on Twitter. What I what I think happened was he was like, I'm gonna say like, I think you know this is a really nuanced and smart answer to make you look really smart. Like, I take the good part. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. 
but obviously it did not play well for and you know it's just you know it was a ridiculous thing to tweet so thank you jonathan allen for the stupid tweet of the week um but let's let's, let's talk super on, bowl let's move on to the super bowl the big game's happening in a couple of days and uh i i'll start us off by saying this is the super bowl i've thought through the last bunch of super bowls from when i you know started really liking football and which was honestly not that long it's getting longer longer now but isn't that long ago um and i think it is the only super bowl here where i really like both teams and i don't really mind if one of them wins or loses yeah Um, i'm i'm right there with you I'm absolutely rooting for the Bengals, but I don't even know that I'm 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 rooting for the Bengals because they're the underdog. They've like been counted against all season and now they're here, made the meteoric rise from being the worst team in the league two years ago. But also the Rams have so many guys that I would like to see win a Super Bowl from Von Miller, who could win his second. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. I love Sean McVay. I love Matt Stafford. I mean, there are a lot of guys that I would love to see win. So oh, I think yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you didn't even mention him. Number one on that team, Jalen Ramsey. I love my boy Jalen Ramsey. I want to see him right. win a Right, former Jag. But there's a, very, there's a very obvious reason not to root for the Rams here that you're not seeing last week. Okay. Los Angeles sucks. Yeah. Like, am I really going to sit down and root for a Los Angeles sports team to win a title? No. And for them to lose in their own building would be really funny. Absolutely. Los Angeles does not deserve the Rams. We can talk. We got Connor Connor in the chat. St. Louis should still have that team. They love the Rams. LA fans suck. They're so fickle. I hate them. I hate him. Yeah. I realized I'm still a speaker, but I agree. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add one thing. I don't remember who talked about this, but if the Rams win the Super Bowl and Aaron Donald gets a ring, there's like a real discussion. And obviously you could like look at Lawrence Taylor's numbers. Obviously we weren't alive to watch him, but at the very least, he's probably like a top three defensive player of all time at that point. I mean, yep. he might already be. He might already be. And and he, he said it himself. Cool. He said, the only thing I'm missing is a ring. And yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's already in the apex of historic team of players on both sides of the ball. If he has a ring, like, yeah, yeah I man. mean, Lawrence Taylor, Lawrence Taylor never got a ring. So, yeah, he did. I think so. I think he won a ring with the Giants. With the, oh, with the Giants, right. I was thinking of his Bills years. No. The Bills uh, have not won. Wait, did he play for the Bills? Pretty sure he Are you thinking of Bruce Bills. Smith, maybe? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Bruce Smith. Oh, Who's also, on. like, one of the Also one of the best. Yeah. yeah. And he, but, yeah, he, he never got a ring. Four Super Bowls in a row. Yeah. Tragic. Anyway. Um, you can revoke my speakership now if you want. I just realized I still was, and I took advantage. There you no, go. Good addition. Great um, addition, though. That's yeah, a good point. The Super Bowl is going to be exciting. I hope we. I hope we see some high scoring uh, action here. I know we will. I know we will. Um, and by all accounts, the Rams should win this game. They're the better yeah, team. They're they the have better more talent. Team. But better coach. But Joe Burrow is a man that exists, and he plays for the other team. 
and my God, he is the coolest man in America. I've said that for like he's the seven weeks in a right row. Now. He's the baddest man alive right now. And if I'm betting, this is kind of crazy to say because Joe Burrow is a second-year QB. This is the first time in the playoffs, all that stuff. If I'm betting on one of these quarterbacks to make a major mistake, it's Matthew Stafford. My take Matthew Stafford is that has both... been prone to making those mistakes. My all take season. is that both quarterbacks – throw interceptions that change the momentum of the game. However, what I thought you were going to say and what I really agree, what I, what I really believe, if there's a quarterback that's more nervous in this game, it's Matt Stafford because well, it has to be Joe Burrow, not only is a second year quarterback who at least has to believe wholeheartedly who I believe will probably be back in the Super Bowl. Whereas Matt Stafford, this could be his only shot. But also, he won his high school state championship. He won a national championship at LSU. Like, this man has been unfazed throughout his entire career. I think he's pretty good. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heavily disagree with you on something here. And it's something okay. that I keep on hearing. And it, you hear it all the time with teams, with certain teams. And I really, I think it is... I, I think it is a bad take. Um, the Bengals are really young, and I would like to think that they would be back too. But the reality of it is, there are zero guarantees of that. Yeah, no, the Bengals sure. came out of nowhere this season. They sucked last season. They're fantastic this season. There's no guarantee. Look at the Jaguars. They were fantastic for one season. They missed their chance. Okay, but your quarterback is also chance. Blake Bortles. Agreed. Agreed. But. Listen, there is not a person on this planet that I feel comfortable enough saying, like, even, like, because, like while they're young like this, I wasn't comfortable saying it about Patrick Mahomes when he was in the first two years that he made it to the playoffs, that, that they're lack to keep on doing this. That the, yeah, you're back. right. You're right. Um, but my, what, the point that I was saying was Joe Burrow has to think deep down, I'll be back. I, I don't know. I think that that I think that's a detrimental way to think. Honestly, going into this game, I really I, not I that think, not not that he thinks I have. Or I, it doesn't matter if I win this because I'll be back. But I'll be back regardless. I don't know. I okay. On the Rams side of things, okay. Is is if they lose the Super Bowl, I mean. How many chances do they need or are going to get? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really get – I mean, Sean and Gray. I, I just we, hope we, that – We keep talking about this, that, like, head coaches only win a Super Bowl if they've won one in the first, like, five seasons. And we're yeah. approaching that deadline for Sean McVay. They're yeah. not going to be able to do this forever. They're not going to be able to do this thing forever where they trade away every single first-round pick and second-round pick and third-round pick for and pay a bunch of players a bunch of money. Um, so – they better win one in the next year or two. Otherwise, they are. And this this for sure is like this could be their last chance with this team. Um, this is, this just, will be their best chance. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They're, they they have a, at least 50% chance to win on Sunday. So oh, yeah. um, that is the best odds to win the Super Bowl like that they could ever have. Um, yeah. I just really hope that they don't come out and shit the bed again like they did uh, 
against the Pats a couple of years ago because that was the worst Super Bowl of all time. I'm worried about it too because in that Super Bowl, Sean McVay's coaching was terrible. Was Awful. terrible. Awful. In the la- in the last half of last week's or two weeks ago's game, Sean McVay's coaching was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. So, so Sean, maybe he gets a little gun shy. Sean, get your mind right because this is it's make or break it time. Yeah. Also, uh, speaking to that Super Bowl, he, his game plan was all right. He just maybe called the worst red zone offense I've ever seen. Yeah. I, so uh, all we'll see. Season, we'll Sean see. McVay is a mastermind, and all of a sudden, yeah, poof, gone. Anyway, I, before we close things out, because now we're approaching like an hour and a half, I don't want to go too long. Make your pick. Give me, give me the winner and the score. I'll go. I'm, I'm going with my boy Joey. I'm going Bengals. I'm going <clears throat> 27, 21. Whoa. Okay. I would I like to that, say it's closer, but I don't know. I don't know. I think that I'm going to go Rams 31 to 27. Okay. All right. So we both, my, the, we both have the we both have the Bengals numbers, scoring but... 27. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. think Evan McPherson's going to kick at least two field goals. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Which would make sense in the 27. Yeah. So that that checks out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I do. I do some math in my head sometimes. <laughs> that I believe will wrap us up for this episode. Thank you to the people who uh, tuned into the Twitter live space. Thanks for your questions and and comments. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do this again sometime. <clears throat> I think we should keep doing this. This is a good way to do the pod. Um, and also. I don't know if you notice this, but our podcast can now legally purchase and consume alcohol. So 21's big time. Yeah. 21's big time because it can drink alcohol, but more importantly, it's our Tim Duncan year, baby. Oh hell yeah, baby. It's our Tim Duncan year. Oh best hell power yeah. quarter of all time. Let's by go. far. By far. At Without what? a doubt. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 21 of We Like the Pain. Um, tune in uh, here pretty soon. I don't, um, we're we're going to have to talk about what our schedule is going to look like after the Super Bowl happens and stuff like that. But at the very least, we will be talking. We will uh, come in at some point to talk about offseason stuff, draft stuff. We always do something for the draft. Um, we'll, we'll be we'll be active at some point during the offseason, uh, but we'll let you guys know what we land on there. Um, yeah, but beyond that, guys, you guys have have a good time. Hopefully, we hopefully we see a good Super Bowl. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, I, I got to close things out as always by thanking the listeners mm-hmm. for actually coming in. They came into the Twitter chat and hating yourselves with us. We will see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>